Well, welcome to another week of Braz's Sports Preps Cast. I'm Alex Miller with our Eagle High School sports writer, Abigail Ochoa. This is week nine. Wow. Week nine Woo! of the <laughs> Texas high school football season. And we've got small schools still in the heart of district play. And we've got some big schools that they're starting district action this week. Two schools uh, here locally, Rudder and a Consolidated. They are starting District 10, 5A Division II play. We are going to have Zach Taylor. Uh, he is the play-by-play voice of the Rudder Rangers. He also works at WTAW. He's going to be on here in a bit to preview that district and talk the Rangers. They're they're looking to break through this season. They're off to a 4-0 start. So, Abigail, how are we doing hey. today? It is Wednesday afternoon for those listening. We're, we're recording it now. Doing so good today. Uh, another week, a week nine. Um, going pretty fast here, Alex. I don't know about you. Just, it's just going, going really fast. Well, <laughs> We better talk really fast because we've got a <laughs> lot to go over. So let's let's just get to it. Let's uh let's look back right. last week. Let's start with AM Consolidated. They finished non-district play with a road win over Willis, 21 to 0. Um, you know, offense, they 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 didn't really have the fireworks that we've seen this season, but hey, I think the Tigers are probably pretty satisfied with how their defense played. I mean, you get a shutout, that that's about as good as you can do. So no turnovers. They had just one penalty and can saw seeing progress in areas. Um, so that that's definitely a good sign for the Tiger defense heading into district play. But, you know, the offense, not their best night, but we've seen it throughout non-district play. They can put up points. They've got playmakers. They've got a variety of dudes that they can go to to make plays out in space, too. So what yeah. what, what do you think about the Tigers heading into district play, Abigail? Yeah, I mean, last week it was kind of, you know, I'm sure it wasn't ideal for them to kind of only, you know, it was 21 to zero, pretty low scoring for them offensively um, than what we've seen this past season. But um, their defense, I mean, if, if they haven't proved already that they're good, they proved it last week. I mean, against Willis, um, holding them there. Even Lee Fedora said that they won the game for them. There was no doubt about that. Um, the offense had a little bit trouble. They couldn't or when they needed to, they were forced to throw more and not, you know, um, not see Lake on the ground maybe as so much as he has been um, in the past just because of Willis's defense. But, um, you know, they didn't have any turnovers, which we talked about has been um, a problem for Gonzal. Um So that was good to see, I think, maybe going into district that they were able to have no turnovers, just one penalty. So um, they weren't, like, challenged or pushed back in that way, um, as we've seen this season. Um, so I think they still look good. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to see your offense put up more than that, but um, I think they still look good. And, you know, they're still going to be one of the top contenders in the district, you know, with Rudder and Huntsville and Lamar Consolidated and all those um, other teams. For sure. And we will get some preview on Consol. They're playing the other Consolidated in the state, <laughs> Lamar Consolidated, this Friday. We'll, we'll preview that here in a minute. Let's keep rolling. Uh, Brian. How about the Vikings? They come back after missing two games with uh, players that had COVID and they win their district opener against Harker Heights. I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting that, (laughs) but that's a big win for the Vikings. Um, You know, a a game that they they needed to win and all of a sudden they're 2-0 and they've got a little momentum, but 
it gets pretty big here pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, you know, they proved all of us wrong, which, like, what's new? But um, they played really good against Harker Heights. Um, you know, they we've talked about how, like, teams coming back from COVID, how maybe it can be hard. They only had three days, I believe, or maybe even two, because I think they started on Wednesday um, to practice for last week against Harker Heights. We saw what they could do with that little bit of turnaround. Um, Ross Rothridge, obviously, um, you know, he, he's been in the business forever. Um, and you kind of saw that he was able to lead them to this one again. You've got, you know, you still got Malcolm Gooden, who can run, who can catch, who can throw. Um, he's kind of their all-around guy. You got Hunter Vivaldi, who had a few touchdown receptions for them. Um, so that was kind of good to see. The defense also, um, we talked about them last week. Um, they played a good, a good against Waller as well. This week, they came out again. They were um, challenged a little bit by being out so, uh, on the field for long periods of time. Um, a lot of snaps there. But, um, you know, at the end of the game, they protected three pass attempts to the end zone um, well, that Parker Heights was trying to, you know, get ahead there at the end, and they were able to stop them. Um, I believe Cal had one of the, the um, uh, deflections or whatever. So, um, we've seen that defense do some really good things <laughs> only in week two for them, which is nuts um, because, they, you know, they're already in district now. Um, so, but they look really good. I mean, you got a big win over Harker Heights. you got to have some confidence this week. Yeah, and they're going to get a big challenge this week uh, going on the road playing Temple. We'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, Abigail, the game you were at last week, College Station, they bounced back with a win over New Caney Porter. You know, what did you see from the Cougars in, in their victory on last Friday? Yeah, you know, um, Dalton Carnes, which we've seen him um, do a few things this season. Um, but this game, he really he really came out and showed it. Um, you know, I blinked in the first 13 seconds of the game. He was already in the end zone um, with an 85-yard um, kickoff return. Um, and then, you know, literally seven minutes later, Puff found him in the end zone again um, for a touchdown. So they got that momentum going quickly, um, which I think last week, when they played Magnolia, we saw it was they couldn't really get in a you know in a groove, and they it took them a while, and they you know relied on field goals and things like that, and their defense. Um, so it was really good, I think, for them, um, especially to see their offense get get going so quickly. They were up 14 and 0 with five minutes to go in the first quarter, I think. Um, so anytime you have that, it's pretty good. Um, uh, they did have pretty quick possessions. They weren't on the field that long, I don't think. Um, the defense, their defense was, um, you know, with Porter, Porter's offense pretty pretty much the whole time on the field. Um, but they were still able to come out on top. Um, their defense, again, we've talked about them before. Um, they had a shutout earlier in the season in non-district. Um, they looked good again on Friday. Um, they proved that they could win a game and, and um, you know, hold, hold – uh, a team like Porter who, um, you know, really knows how to run the ball, but it can also throw with their quarterback. Um, but they showed a lot of, like, a lot of jumping around. They were really aggressive. You can tell that they wanted it. They wanted that win, um, and they were going to fight for it. They pressured the quarterback really well. Um, you just saw them kind of I, – I don't know if it was more confidence or maybe just wanting to win this week, but you really saw them be more aggressive and really, really try to push plays um, to end. So. And they also took advantage of, you know, penalties and mistakes that Porter made. And, and those are big when you get to district, especially if you can come out with a win based on those. 
Absolutely. And that, that's, that's a big win for uh, College Station trying to get back on track after that district opening loss to Magnolia on the road. A couple more quick hitters. Uh, Brenham, they beat Georgetown Eastview. The Cubs, they're 2-0 and in their district. Uh, they had to fight to get that win over the Patriots, a 28-26 win. Steven Stackhouse had a big game, dual threat guy. Um, offense, they've got a couple of playmakers with Cameron Richardson and Lopez uh, at running back. Defense had a big game. So the Cubs, all of a sudden, they're, they're looking to make some noise. They were co-champions in that district last season. Yeah, you know, um, you talk about their offense, Alex. Their offense played great. Um, but their defense came up really big. Four interceptions in one game uh, and one for a touchdown. Um, Aiden Villatoro had two of those interceptions, and he, he returned one for a touchdown. Um, when you can get that kind of, um, you know, pressure on, on another team, um, it looks pretty good for you. So they didn't really get on that front. Their offense was able to come back and, and, um, and, and come up big for them. They, they won by two. So pretty tight, pretty tight close game. Um, but I think it's good for them to see that maybe this early. Um, they'll face Bastrop. Um, this week, which we saw Rudder play um, in, in week one, uh, I think Brenham will ha- have uh, similar success this week against Bastrop. I don't think Bastrop has won. Um, I think they've only won one this season. Um, so I think it'll be good, though, for Brenham. They'll get a few, maybe a couple of wins before they get into, you know, later in district when they play Cedar Creek and Leander Rouse and, 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 you know, tough teams like that. Yeah, the outlook is definitely bright for the Brenham Cubs. Uh, they they definitely that that's a big win for them last week over Georgetown Eastview. So finally, Centerville they they beat Groveton, and it sounds like the Tigers have kind of flipped the script with what they're doing on offense. Brant Roberts he threw for two hundred yards, uh, three touchdowns. He had an interception, but. 45-yard touchdown pass with one second left to get that win over Groveton. And we know Dylan Denman. He is a threat out wide. They hit him downfield. They throw a screen to him and let him make a play out in space with a defender or two on him. He had 158 yards and two touchdowns. But, man, what a tight win for the Tigers and – you know, they kind of had a tough couple weeks after that loss to Bremont, and it was kind of like, man, are, are, is Centerville going to get this turned around? They had to fight back to beat Alta, who's still winless. But, you know, that's a that's a big win uh, for the Tigers uh, beating Groveton. And now they host Grapeland yeah. this week. And, you know, Grapeland, they were 2-0. Norman G beat them pretty soundly, but this will be another stiff test. And uh, a key, this will be a key game for seeding purposes in that district. For sure. I mean, to get that win, literally one second on the clock, um, you know, it, it, that's crazy. They, Dylan Denman is a guy that makes a place for them. So it was good to see, you know, you got Roberts coming in with that big touchdown throw. You got Phillips. Um, you know, all three of these guys almost had – 200 yards. I mean, Denman had 158, um, so he's the lowest one, but then you got Brent Roberts at 203, you got Phyllis at 203. Um, these guys are putting up big numbers. Um, it looks really good. Like you said, going, obviously, they're going to host Grapeland, um, which that'll be a tough challenge for them again, um, especially after, after having these two tough 
wins. You know, you got Alto and Groveton. They were able to win, but still pretty tough, pretty tight games. And um, it, it'll be interesting to see how, how they play against, uh, you know, a team that is coming into the game already, you know, six and two like they are. Um, so pretty level, pretty level teams there. Well, I think I think we've covered our bases uh, looking back at last week. So up next, we got Zach Taylor looking ahead to Rudder and Anum Consolidated starting District 10 5A D- Division 2 action this Friday. Well, welcome back to the uh, latest episode of the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. We got Zach Taylor. He's the play-by-play radio voice of the Rudder Rangers. He's joining us right now to preview uh, the the District 10 5A Division Two uh, Rudder and Anum Consolidated. They're starting district play, and both of them they they got high hopes. Uh, Consol's the defending district champions, and Rudder's trying to break through for that elusive first playoff bid. So Zach, thanks for taking a few minutes to talk to us. How you doing today? Good guys. How are y'all? Doing pretty good. Uh, ready to talk some football. <laughs> good. Good. Always. 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 Yeah, so Zach, I guess, first of all, let's just look back at last week. Uh, Rudder, they barely got by Lockhart, who hadn't won a game this season. They won by 10 on the road. Uh, It sounded like they had – Rudder had a lot of penalties, and they were down early uh, coming back there in the second half. You know, is that something that's kind of troubling you see going into district, or was it just kind of an off week for them? Um, yeah, the, the unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, I think it has to be a little bit troubling. Um, that being said last week, <laughs> and I, and I, I know the officials are, are human too. Look, they're not going to get every single call right, but the, the officiating, there were quite a few questionable calls made on the night. I mean, Rudder had three touchdowns called back, uh, because of penalty. Uh, and one of those had, uh, Keith Ron Lee, who is uh, arguably the, their star player, makes a catch. He's, he's running into the end zone and kind of takes the long way into the end zone. Well, they call taunting. They say that it was at the four-yard line. They, so they reverse the touchdown. Then they move Rudder back 15 yards from the four. So suddenly they're at the 19-yard line now trying to get back in the end zone. So I, I'm not going to say that they, they were without fault on all the penalties or anything like that, but – Boy, there were a lot of yellow flags out on the field. And Lockhart, you know, you, you talk about Lockhart being winless, but they had come close in a couple of ball games. San Marcos, they lost on a, on a last-second Hail Mary touchdown pass. And so they got some pretty good players, some pretty good athletes in Lockhart. And uh, Todd Mabus, who's uh, a coach, was at Abilene Cooper for quite a few years. And um, he's, he's there now at Lockhart in his second season. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't say – the Lions are going to go winless the rest of the year. But, yeah, it was a good ball game, 47-37, and Rudders 4-0 for the, just the second time in program history. Yeah, and I think it's no secret that the, the Rangers team starts with uh, EJ Izar and Keith Ron Lee. You know, what have you seen yeah. from that kind of combination, and how good can this Rangers offense be? Uh, it can be pretty dang good. Um, one thing that they might not have is that bell cow running back, uh, DJ Wallace, who actually plays defensive end for them, has been the most promising out of the backfield. But you've got a quarterback in E.J. Ezar who can tuck it down and run with it. Uh, Keith Ron Lee, they use him on a lot of jet sweeps. Um, but this offense, what you're used to seeing on 7-on-7 seven seven is kind of what's on display on Friday nights with, with them. I mean, they, they did very well in the limited 7-on-7 seven seven action that they had. Of course, we know 
COVID kind of played uh, played havoc with the state tournament, right. but Rudder was able to play in a tournament. Um, they did very well, get some really good competition. And I think when they're at their best is when plays break down. When Ezar has to scramble out of the pocket and he's looking and it's just it's backyard football again. And the great thing about Keith Ron Lee, and I think that's what's really distinguished him amongst his peers is or separated him amongst his peers is his ability to catch those 50-50 balls or even 25-75. I mean, there's been a few times this year where uh, EJ's thrown it up in a double coverage and number five's come down with it. So that is a lot of fun to watch, just those guys throwing the ball around. And Rudder's got some pretty good other receivers too. I'm not going to I'm not going to forget about Milton Mooring and Marcus Stiles. Those are two guys, uh, two veterans that have really come on. Jackson Brown's another one, Michael Lister. So Rudder has definitely got some weapons on, on offense, and I think they can hang with anybody offensively. Yeah, we've seen the offense really kind of come out in the end, and even when it's a tough game, kind of win it for them, just by their you know, ability to use Ezar, to use Lee, to use Stiles, like all the people that you just mentioned. Uh, we've seen their defense kind of struggle in a couple games this season, but still offense is able to come out. Um, do you think, you know, even though the offensive is pulling off these wins, you know, um, is that going to kind of work later on when you get to district? You, then you got Huntsville and you got Consolidated who also have strong offenses? Well, that's the big question. I think we're going to find out a lot this Friday night because Rutter's taking on uh, one of the best defensive teams in the state, I would argue, and uh, in Huntsville definitely yeah. has one of the best defensive lines. So what's going to win in that case? Is it going to be offense or is it going to be defense? Um, but defensively for Rudder, I think that that is something they're going to have to keep an eye on, especially in the secondary. Um, their run defense is actually is actually fairly good. Uh, but th- in the secondary, much like Texas A&M, believe it or not, they do have some issues, but they're very opportunistic in that they can get some turnovers when they need to get turnovers. I mean, they basically sealed the win last week with an interception from Marcus Hurd. Uh, they've, they've had a few other opportunities where they've been able to pull that off. Keith Ron Lee, we've already mentioned him. He'll play both ways a lot of times. Uh, he will be in there at, at defensive back, and he's made some plays. So I think while the defense is not their strong suit, definitely, I think that they do have the ability to, to create some big plays and come up big when it matters. Yeah, and I guess just looking at the district as a whole, Zach, you know, a lot of the same teams from the last go-around these last two years, you know, they lose Katie Paytow, who made the playoffs last year. They add Fulshear. You know, who are kind of the contenders in this district, and how much does Rudder benefit from losing a team that made the playoffs? And, you know, there's one less team in the district, so that means there's one less team that's left out of the tournament at the end of the season. Yeah, it was actually kind of fun to watch Peyto in the last couple of years because their first year of varsity ball, you know, you're thinking, oh, these guys aren't very good. Of course, they only had juniors. And then suddenly you turn around and, I mean, they're a full-fledged team. I mean, they, they were really, really good. Um, but, yeah, a Consolidated is always going to be the standard bearer, I think, in most districts that they're at. Um, and coming into this year, the Tigers were pegged number one again. Uh, big surprise there. You know, Coach Lee Fedora has got those guys rolling. The offense has been rolling with – uh, Kyle Willis and Sutton like back there in the backfield and uh, even though that they lost a lot of, of big time playmakers I mean they really did they lost a lot of talent they're still able to reload down there at Consol so I think that's big um, you know and I talked about Huntsville Huntsville is 3-0 on the year and I don't know if they've kind of snuck up on folks they played only 6A teams so far this season and they've they've beaten all six of them uh, their, their latest one over um over Umble, I believe, was, was a close one. But, again, 
I mentioned their defensive line. It seems like every year they restack that defensive line. They've had a lot of big time recruits coming out of that, out of their, their line. Um, and they're good again this year. And Huntsville is definitely a team to watch. And then the Montgomery schools, Lake Creek, I think much like Katie Pato is finally coming into its own because it's a new school. And so those guys are finally coming around and, and getting the, the experience that they need. And so I think Lake Creek is one to watch. And then Montgomery with Bryce Bowling, who is uh, their quarterback. He's now, I believe, a senior. And they've got a ton of talent on that Montgomery team. I mean, they were kind of a, a team to watch last year. I know that they ended up having to forfeit a game. And there were a bunch of other things that went on uh, in 2019 for them. But I think the Bears are really a team to watch as well coming out of that district. So, Zach, I guess the question is, is this the year that you think Rudder can make it through and break into the playoffs for the first time? I really think so. Um, I've been doing play-by-play for him. I was trying to think about this the other day. It's been, it's been like six years, I think, and now I'm my, uh, my third head coach uh, with Coach Eric Ezar. But, I mean, they have the kind of talent on offense. I, I really think that they can hang with anybody. Um, those guys – have a little bit of a swag about them which has been few and far between at rudder and they have some stability which has definitely been few and far between so uh, I, I mean talent wise this is the most talented rudder team i've been able to see and i think you know you've got some other teams in there like lamar consolidated uh houston full shears another one um and and even some of the montgomery schools i think have kind of taken their lumps early on so it really is where the rubber meets the road when you start district play I think we'll find out a lot about this rudder team come Friday night, but I do think this is the year that the Rangers do, in fact, uh, crack into that postseason. Gotcha. And, you know, we, we kind of touched on AM Consolidated already a little bit, but I guess just kind of expanding on them, you know, what have you seen from the Tigers? And like we said, they had a lot of pieces to replace, especially on the offensive side, some big weapons at wide receiver you know, but it, it seems like the Tigers, they haven't skipped a beat. You know, what do you, what do you think is kind of the ceiling for Consol as they head into their district slate trying to defend their district championship? Well, I haven't seen the Tigers play in person just because I've been doing a football game every Friday night they have been. <laughs> right. But, I mean, the fact that Sutton Lank has really kind of come into his own as their, their running back and he's been getting it done on the ground. And I think a lot of folks were, were wondering about Kyle Willis. Kyle Willis. You know, how yeah. is he going to fill the – the uh, the shoes left by Gage Paul is he going to be able to pick up uh, where he left off? But he's been looking awfully good. I mean, he's been putting up some great numbers. Um, and obviously, you have a, a championship caliber coach in Lee Fedora who definitely knows what he's doing. So, I I it seems like every year, at least for these past few years since Fedora got there, that Consol has been able to reload even after losing a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. And you know, losing a, a few D one receivers last year. I mean. My gosh, you gotta gotta somehow bounce back from that. But they really have been able to to kind of come back in their own. Now, the only game that's really given them trouble this year was against San Angelo um, Central, which was a six A team and mainly a a run heavy team. And so I wonder if when Consol faces up against those teams that just have a bruising running back that decide that they want to run the ball thirty, forty, possibly even fifty times in the ball game how that's going to work out for them in the long run. But uh, I, I think right now Consol is the team to beat in the district, no doubt. Gotcha. Well, looking at this matchup on Friday, uh, Rudder, they're hosting Huntsville. And we all know that was a game that Rudder wasn't able to win last year, kept them out of the playoffs. You know, 
First of all, how much do you think they want to win that game? I mean, I know that's <laughs> got to be one that's on their minds, even if they're not trying to make any game bigger than it is. Oh, they definitely uh, – it's it's big. And talking with Coach Izar, you know, he's very well aware that they've never made the postseason. It's something that's brought up every year, something that he brings up to his players every year. And he said this year, this season, their motto has been something to prove. And yeah. so they, they still don't feel – they've kind of got that chip on their shoulder. They still don't feel that they're necessarily as respected as they should be. But they also feel kind of like they're that underdog. And, and they're coming in – they're looking to knock off the big dogs. They're trying to prove themselves each and every week. Now that they're 4-0, and I think they've kind of got that swagger about them. They've got um, that, that confidence. And it's, it really will be a fun game to watch, I think, because both teams are so good at maybe what the other one's – well, not necessarily what the other one's weakness is, but their strengths match up with the other one's very well. And that rudder has this great offense, and Huntsville has this great defense. Which one of those is going to win? Um, but yeah, I, I think that Rudder is going to go into this ball game. You're going to be at home. Things are starting to cool off a little bit. Hopefully, fingers crossed, things will feel like fall weather in Texas. And, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think it's going to be a great ball game. Yeah, I remember being at that game last year. And, you know, it kept them out of the playoffs. They were, very, you know, pretty upset as anybody would be after that game. They only scored once in the second half. Um, but I can imagine that there's a lot of buildup to this week, you know, starting off district this strong. Um, and, and kind of having to come out and show it. But like you said, Zach, I mean, their offense is really, really finding their groove and really looking good. At, do you think it's going to be, uh, you know, how, how is this matchup going to look similar to last year, or is it going to look completely different, maybe just because what we, we've seen from Rudder so far? I, th I think it will look somewhat different because those guys in, in EJ Ezar, Keith Ronley, you know, they're a year old. Well, everybody's a year older, yeah. <laughs> uh, except for the folks that have graduated. But for Rudder, they've got a lot of upperclassmen now, uh, and they've got some depth. Now, the offensive line has not had a test like this yet. So that I, I'm really going to keep an eye on the offensive line and see how well they're able to block these big Huntsville defensive linemen because that is going to be a chore in and of itself. But the good thing for Rudder, I think, is they have a mobile quarterback and they also are, have the ability to make things happen when plays break down. And so that can be a blessing without a doubt, but it can also be a curse because you've kind of got a, a gunslinger, so, so to speak, an EJ Ezar who says, all right, well, I've been throwing it up to number five all season. He's been able to go get it. Well, eventually, that's going to that's gonna bite you. At one point or another, you're going to end up having a, a, an interception. And that's happened right. once or twice so far this year. It's, it's really happened. Uh, uh, Keith Ron's come down with it more times than not. But just the, the intricacies of that battle, especially up front in the trenches, is going to be something to really watch. Um, whether or not it's going to be a lot like last year, I don't know. From what I can remember, it was, a, it, was it a rather low-scoring game? Is that what it was? I, I believe it was like, I think it was 38-14. Yeah, something like that. And they so went into halftime. On one side. Yeah. Yeah, they went down at 31-7 at halftime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it was just kind of, uh, it was all she wrote from there in the yeah. second half. And I don't know if Huntsville has the offensive power like they did last year. Uh, you know, they've got a new quarterback in A.J. Wilson, um, who's pretty good. I mean, he's a nice little dual threat quarterback in and of himself. They got a nice junior running back. So I'm not saying that they don't have any weapons at, at offense, but yeah. um, right now I think Rudder and, and Consol have the two most dynamic offenses in the district. So I don't know if Huntsville will be able to put up that many points. They, they haven't yet so far this year. Mm -hmm. 
I, I, I'm kind of guessing it's going to be a game somewhere in the 28-21 range, something like that. So right. maybe, maybe you say uh, 50 points uh, would, be, would be your line there. Um, but it, it's going to be a good ball game nonetheless. Yeah, you mentioned kind of the offensive line a little bit. Um, I talked to Clayton um, Sikorsky, who's an offensive tackle for them, and, you know, he's one of the only returning starters this year. So they're pretty young there as well. So it'll be good to see them have a challenge this early. Yeah, uh, you know, you mentioned Clayton. He's, he's a guy that can play on both sides of the ball as well and has at yeah. times this year. But, um, yeah, their offensive line, you know, honestly, we haven't talked about him a whole heck of a lot, and that's a good thing. Because, because generally, when you're not talking about the offensive line, that means you're not, you're not talking about giving up a bunch of sacks. Yeah, and something's going right. Yeah, and it does help that you've got a mobile quarterback back there as well uh, in EJ Ezar. And he's a pretty sturdy dude, too. So he's kind of like uh, in the Sam Ellinger mold a little bit, maybe a little bit smaller, but he's not afraid to mix it up and, and running the ball. And so, yeah, the, the offensive line, without a doubt, will have its biggest test Friday. All right. Well, Zach, I think that's all we got for you today. Before you go, uh, how can how can our listeners tune in to the game Friday night to hear you on the call? And where can they find you on Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gospel 97.3 FM is is the station that we're on, as well as uh, RadioAggieLand.com, Brian Broadcasting's uh, company website. You can go on there and we actually have a list of all the teams and you can just click all the Rudder Ranger logo and listen in. So 97.3 FM and RadioAggieLand.com. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Taylor Sport, just the singular sport. Apparently I didn't have enough room for, for sports, <laughs> plural. So just Zach Taylor Sport, uh, you can follow me there. And then, of course, uh, I'm also on the Infomaniacs Monday through Friday on WTAW. So um, on that Monday morning, 6 to 9 on 1620 and uh, 90, uh, nine, well, my gosh, we have too many stations to remember. 1620. <laughs> News Talk 60. Hold on. I'm trying to, I'm trying to say it out loud because I have to say it every day. And if I do <laughs> say it, then maybe I'll get the, get the thing right. 1620, 94.5 WTAW. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Zach, <laughs> thanks again. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, we'll, we'll check back in with you maybe later this season on how the Rangers are doing. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Zach. All right. And coming up next, Abigail and I, we're going to look ahead to the biggest matchups in the area this week. All right. Welcome back. It's our final segment. We're looking ahead to the biggest games around the Brazos Valley this week. We've already touched on the Consol Tigers, but they host Lamar Consolidated this Friday at 730 at Tigerland Stadium. Uh you can check the eagle.com to catch my feature on Consol defensive end, Eric Goodman. He's leading the team in tackles. He's already got like 58 tackles on the season and over 10 tackles for loss. So you can read about what's, uh, what's working for Eric over there at, uh, at Consol. Well, Abigail, let's look ahead to some of these other matchups. We've also touched on rudders. So let's, let's move to Brian first. Because okay. this is a big game for them. I mean, they're they're going on the road. They're playing Temple, and this is going to be a this is going to be their biggest challenge of the season, easily, uh, yeah. without question. Yeah. Instead of going from like zero to one hundred, they're going from like hundred to one hundred. I mean, you got Harker Heights last week, um, tough game as well. They were able to come out with the win. Then you got Temple this week on the road. Um, for the first time this season, I believe um, that they won't be at Merrill Green. 
Um, so yeah, you know, Temple and Brian both had wins last week, um, opened up district like that. Um, at Temple, they kind of started off hot in the first quarter. I, I believe they put up 24 points um, last week um, and they kind of solidified it in the fourth, um, in the fourth quarter. So we've seen Brian kind of um, have to come back in the second half and really pull through. Um, we saw it against Waller. Um, we saw it against Hiker Ho- Harker Heights. Um, I don't know if that's kind of how they want to do this game. I, I would assume that against a tough team like Temple, you really, really want to get on the board pretty quickly um, and, and not have to rely on your defense or even your offense kind of coming up with the win in the second half. Um, so I don't know about you, Alex, but it, this will be another good one for Brian. Um, I think if they're able to come out with this win, I mean, it's going to be pretty impressive. I would imagine that they would have a lot of confidence. Um, oh, they were even able to do anything um, against Temple. Absolutely. A win over Temple would be monumental for Brian, and that would really change the outlook a lot of people probably have on Brian. Yeah. Um, and they'll yeah. have more, more time to prepare this. I mean, they'll have a full, you know, week or whatever. Last week they only had two days. So um, we saw what they could do there. Um, so we'll see what they could do with a full week. For sure. Well, we've got some Thursday night football action. Abigail, I think you're going to be out there. College Station, they're hitting the road. They're playing at New Caney. New Caney's coming off a bye week, and they've won 10 games the last two seasons. Um, you know, College Station coming off the big win over the other New Caney school, Porter. That That's given the Cougars a little bit of confidence. You know, what are you seeing in this game uh, heading into Thursday night matchup? <laughs> Yeah, you know, Thursday night football, high school edition. Um, <laughs> it'll be fun to get out there. Um, but, uh, you know, looking at New Caney, maybe even just their past two seasons, um, you know, they've gone 10-1, and 10-2. and two. But then they played Porter this year, um, and they only, they only won by two points. They had a two-point conversion, I believe, even the first touchdown that they made, and that really kind of solidified them winning at the end just by those two, those two points. Um, you know, College Station, um, we've seen their offense. Um, we saw them struggle against Magnolia. Um, they were able to come out with a win against Porter last week uh, by kind of striking first and early. Um, but I think we're going to kind of need to see it all come together. You know, it's always it, – in the past few games, it's been like a, a couple people. It's been, you know, last week it was Carnes with the two touchdowns. Um, and then Roger Brown also had a – he had a one-yard touchdown as well. So – um, I kind of want to see, you know, Collins get in there more. I want to see Brown and, and him have maybe more um, rushing yards this game, um, get some of those, um, you know, you got, you know, the, those receivers and, and things like that. Maybe the passing game um, coming up a little bit stronger in this game, I think will be important for them. Um, their defense has done really well. I think they just need to keep going in the direction that they're going. Um, like I mentioned, they seem to be more aggressive and more kind of like flying all over the place, um, which you like to see. Um, so, you know, New Caney wasn't able to be, or they were able to be Porter. College Station was able to do it pretty easily. So it'll be interesting to see these two um, teams come together. Um, but I think if College Station is able to kind of find the groove early on offense, get their guys going, the guys that they've counted on, um, you know, the past few years, um, They'll be good to go if their defense continues to do what they're doing. Um, and, you know, special teams is also looking good for them. So I think it, they're just going to need to all kind of bring it together for this win. And it'll give them, you know, two consecutive wins in district, which is 
always big, especially against two teams that are new. Absolutely. You know, I think a win over New Caney would go a long way for College Station this week. And you look at you look at the road ahead, College Station's got a bye week after this game. And then who do they play? They play Lufkin at home. That's the one team they haven't been able to beat the last two years. And Lufkin, they're beatable this year. They've dropped their first two games against Magnolia West and Magnolia. So you've got to think the Cougars have a chance in that game. And so having two weeks to prepare for Lufkin kind of in the middle of your season, you know, a, a win this Friday would go a big – it would go a long way in uh, right. the Cougars' uh, trajectory for the rest of the season for sure. Well, a couple of big games on the small school levels this week. First, Franklin, they're hosting Buffalo. Franklin, they've won five in a row, and they are undefeated in district play. But Buffalo, this is going to be a tough test for the Lions. Buffalo is unbeaten this year. They haven't lost yet. Went to the playoffs, made it to the third round last year. You know, last week against Florence, Franklin ran all over them. I think they won 63-6, to somewhere around there. Big game on the ground. They've got, they've got multiple dudes. Uh, they got they got Bobby Washington, Marcus Wade, Seth Spiller, you know, Hayden Helton. They got some dudes out there in Franklin. And so, you know, Abigail, how pivotal is uh, this game for Franklin as they come down the home stretch at district play? Yeah, I think it's really – I mean, it, if they come out with a win or even if it's a tight game, um, I think that's going to show something. Um, you know, I, I, I know I've picked against Franklin a couple times this season. They played some really hard teams that they were able to get out and, you know, really kind of run over. Lexington was one of them. Um, you know, I don't think anybody really saw that coming, especially how Lexington was playing um, in the beginning of the season and with the people that they have. Um, so Franklin's really done it. I mean, I, I couldn't even remember that they won five in a row, which is nuts. They, they haven't lost since um, losing to Cameron in week two. Um, so, you know, this team is really rolling, and they have the guys to do it. Um, it'll be a tough matchup against Buffalo. This will be a really a real challenge. Last week they won 63 to six, I believe, against Florence. Um, this week's going to be completely different. I don't see them scoring as high as they have in the past few weeks, but um, they do have the guys to do it. Obviously, they have, like you said, Washington, um, Marcus Wade, um, Helton, and, and of course Spiller on the ground. Um, that guy's hard to stop when when he gets going. Um, he always gets yardage. I, you know. It's just really hard to, to defend him. Um, but they look really good. It'll, it'll be good either way, I think, for Franklin, uh, whether it's a tight game or whether they win, it'll be big. Yeah, I think I think what helps Franklin in this one is they're battle-tested. You know, they lost a tough game to open the season against Lorena. They kind of got beat pretty well by Cameron Yo, who we all know year in, year out is a power. Right. They got the big win over Lexington. So the big game isn't – something new to Franklin and so yeah. you know getting Buffalo at home I think that definitely helps and so it, this is this is going to be a really big game up in Robertson County on Friday night and I, I'm really curious to see who comes out victorious that's going to be a really close matchup if I had to pick me too yeah yeah they haven't had an easy road that's for sure um but it this will for sure be another hard one for and so our last game of the week, Navasota. They are going on the road to Quero. I was out in Navasota this or this last Friday. 
they they pulled away in that fourth quarter against Lagrange. Darius Randall, I mean, he ran all over the Leopard defense. You know, Navasota, they kind of had a hard time getting a groove, but then in that fourth quarter, it was run the ball, give it to Randall, and let him go. That that guy, he's got some wheels, and uh, he is a big playmaker. But now, Navasota, they're going on the road. They're playing that big game on the road against Cuero, and they dropped their game against Giddings last week in a really tight matchup. So, you know, the Gobblers are looking to get back in the win column. And if you're Navasota, this is big because you, you look you look ahead. If Navasota, if Navasota can win this week, they remain unbeaten in district and all everything's pointing toward that season, regular season finale against yep. Giddings at home. And man, what a big game that would be to close the year. Rattlers versus Buffaloes, but you got to go through Quero first, and that's no easy. <laughs> that's no easy task. Yeah, they got. I think they end the season with Gonzalez and Giddings. Um, but you know, yeah, like you said, they have Quero this week. Um, I know you were there, Alex, at the game. Um, I, I'm curious to kind of see what kind of went wrong, maybe in the in the first half, um, just because we're so used to seeing this Navasota team kind of, you know, come out pretty strong. Um, so I'm interested to see kind of, did it just not, was it not clicking? Was it offense? Um, like what, what was not working, do you think? Yeah, you know, um, Navasota, they were playing LaGrange. LaGrange was without their starting quarterback. And so they had to put their backup in. And LaGrange really, they ran on the legs of their running back, DJ Taylor. And he, had, he busted some big plays early. And, you know, if, if I recall correctly, Navasota, they had some turnovers there in the first half, but they were, they were able to recover and they, they put it together there in that fourth quarter, which was big. And I mean, closing a game, they won by three scores, but they were yeah. down one going into the fourth quarter. And so, you know, being able to pull away like that's pretty big, uh, especially to get down this, get down the stretch of the season, you really find out what your team's made of. And th- those are the those are the kind of momentum swings and the responses that, you know, if you're a coach, you want to see from your team, especially when you're hoping to be a playoff contender. Yeah, especially in this tough district. I mean, Navasota's not getting easy ones thrown at them, uh, but they've weathered the storm so far. Um, and again, against Quero, you mentioned kind of going into playoffs. Obviously, the past two years, they've been an area – They've gone to the area around um, played Mithiloni and Heritage both years and, and lost. Um, this year, I you know, it, it, I know it's too early. We're not even done with district, but I really think that this team has a the chance to go even farther this year. They have the guys. They have Randall, Jamar, Jesse. I mean, with that combo alone, um, you're pretty good. You know, how being able to win by three by three scores, you know, um, and going in tied in the fourth. Um, those guys have the legs, and they you know. Jesse, Jesse can throw. So um, they're I, looking good. I had to pull. I had to pull up my game story from last Friday. I could yeah. not remember, and it's all coming back to me. Navasota, <laughs> they had a hard time on special teams in that first oh, half. Oh, okay. They fumbled a punt return. I was like, man, they they fumbled. What? How did oh. they fumble? It was in an odd way. Yeah. And they fumbled on a punt return. Lagrange, they converted a fake punt and scored a touchdown a few plays later. And then at the end of the half. Navasota, they had a perfect two-minute drill, scored with 15 minutes left in the half, but then they missed the extra points. So they were down one yeah. going into halftime. So, you know, Casey Dacus, he told his team, let's not panic. Let's regroup, 
were still in it. You know, third quarter was scoreless, but they grinded away and found a way to pull it out in the end. Ah, it's information yeah. overload. <laughs> yeah. I know. So I, many, there's so many teams, so, so many weeks. Um, yeah. No, I totally get but it. But I had yeah. to get it right. I had to get it right. I was like, <laughs> I know this is a little off, but I knew I was. I knew I was on the right track. So. Good, good. I'm glad we got, glad we got it right there. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't. The special teams, that you know, um, we it's talked third, about before. They can win or lose games, you know. Yeah, they they Navasota's got a pretty good kicker. So, I mean, he he can drill it. So, well, Abigail, I think that's. Uh, I think we've covered everything. So. <laughs> I hope we talked um, fast enough. I hope we did too, because we <laughs> had plenty to discuss. Yeah. Well, before we go, um, where are you going to be this Friday? Uh, well, so I'll be at uh, College Station at New Caney on Thursday. Um, so follow me as well, um, Abigail Choa88 on Twitter. And then I'll be at Rudder, um, Rudder at, or, sorry, Huntsville at Rudder um, on Friday. <laughs> um, well, Zach will also be there. So, um, yeah. All right. And I will be here in College Station. I won't be traveling all over the Brazos Valley. There you go. Uh, first time staying in town, I'm going to be at a Consolidated. They are hosting Lamar Consolidated in their district opener. And uh, Rich Kroom, he'll be providing uh, updates from Temple uh, as the Bryan Vikings take on the Wildcats. So, we'll have you covered. Follow us at Brazos Sports. Follow us on Twitter at Abigail Ochoa88 at Alex Mill20. That's two L's in Mill. And uh, check the eagle.com for all the latest updates and scores. Send us scores. We love we love to keep track of everything that's going on on Friday nights so that we have plenty to discuss next week and yeah. we can keep track of the teams we're not able to see with our own eyes on Friday nights. Yeah. And um, Sports at the eagle.com is our email. Send us in stats, send us in player of the week nominations. Like and subscribe our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Watch our video on the eagle.com. We love doing this. Thank you all so much for you know, support and just tuning in each week. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, Abigail, you got any final things? <laughs> uh, no, we got some features. Um, this week, that's some. Um, uh, I'm doing a feature on Rudder's um, Clayton Sikorsky. I know, I might be saying go. this wrong, but I said it twice in this podcast, um, so I hope I didn't butcher that. Um, really cool um, offensive tackle from Rudder. Um, good guy. Um, he's a captain this year, so I have some thoughts um, about how Rudder's doing um, so far. I know Alex, you have um, you have Consol. Yes, on Eric Goodman. So defensive end for Consol, their leading tackler. And in Thursday's paper, I will have a district preview looking at Rudder and AM Consolidated. So be sure to check out what Leaf Fedora and Eric Ezar had to say about what they like about their team, what they're looking to improve on, and how, what their outlook on the district slate is. Yeah. All right. Well, tune back in next week for another week of the Brazos Sports Preps cast. See you all later. Bye.